Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 71 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address our top five news stories of the week from a Black perspective. We are very glad you're joining us today. This podcast is brought to you by our company, the Global Creative Community Branding and Marketing Academy. We offer branding and marketing services to independent authors and creative professionals like us, including valuable ebooks, online training, and small group coaching. You can find out more with the link and QR code in the show notes. Keith and I have also published several fiction, sci-fi fantasy, and nonfiction books. Everything is available on our website, teamowens313.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Good to be here. <laughs> okay, this week we will discuss what we think are the top five, stu- top five news stories, as hard as it is to choose just five. Okay, lawmakers and um, demand answers for Monday. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is from uh, Mon. This is the one from Monday, January eighth uh, this year, and lawmakers demand answers on Lloyd Austin's hospitalization. Uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin faced intensifying criticism over the weekend for failing to notify the White House for days that he had been not hospitalized for complications from recent elective surgery. Congressional leaders from both parties demanded clarification on unanswered questions, including details about the surgery and complications and Austin's current health status. House Armed Services Services Committee Chair Mike Rogers and Ranking Member Adam Smith said they were concerned with how the disclosure of the secretary's condition was handled and wanted details as soon as possible, adding transparency is vitally important. Austin said Saturday he could have done a better job ensuring the public was appropriately informed. And this is is important. It's not a a huge story. I think it may have gotten blown a little bit more than than it needed to be. But uh, one thing I did read was that Austin, he felt part of the reason, a major reason why he did not report it, because he felt like this was mostly a private matter, which is understandably because most people, when when your health is involved, if you feel like it's a perfect, you feel like it's a personal matter, it's up to you. And a lot of people don't want everybody to know, unlike the Facebook generation where everything happens to you posted. Somebody lost in particular generation feels like nobody else really needs to know. The difference is, though, of course, is that it's fine if you don't want to broadcast to the nation, but the White House needs to know. And and I think that's the most important thing because he, Secretary Austin, is the, he's the top-ranking military official, and he's, in, and he's the top-ranking military official during a time when we have an Israeli-Hamas war and also the war with Ukraine. And so you cannot be missing in action at a time like that. And one of the reasons why I say this uh I think still was was blown more out of report. It needed to be reported. It's an important story, but because it's not like nobody was minding the shop. He didn't just walk out and leave nobody in charge. So if something had happened, it's not like nobody would know what to do. All the fail safes were in place. Second second amendment was ready to go. But it's still, it's just an important 
something for protocol is that is it's important that when you're in that position and i think what people are calling the question is pushing is that you should know that and he should i mean that at that level you get that level you should you should know that and so that that's that's really where it's not so much was the country in danger was there a problem was it was anything sneaking going on anything like calling his character into question nothing like that is basic basically at that level that's just a hand slap it's like you know better don't you obviously don't let it happen again right. but i think that's that's pretty much it mm-hmm. on that story okay. and, and like you said of course it was blown out of proportion number one because he's a democrat number two because he's black and they try to you know make like he's incompetent or whatever and the democrat adam smith adam smith adam smith from, from state of washington of course i'm glad that he got in on this because if we leave it only up to the republicans they'll blow it all out of proportion they'll call for him his impeachment the Republicans have already called for his salary to be reduced to one dollar a year. And so they're, you know, they're looking for anything to take the attention away from what they're not doing. You know, so I'm glad that's that, an important point. So I'm glad that the, that the Democrat on the committee is, is, is also looking into this mainly to keep the Republicans in check. Right. Okay. That's an important point because that's very similar to Hunter Biden. Anything that can take the fire off, anything where they can have you reporting about something else that a Democrat is doing wrong, they'll blow that up right. as as high as they possibly can. So the very and good Joe point. Biden already said that he has, you know, that yes, he yeah, I mean, it would have been better if the White House had known, but he has complete faith in, in, in Austin and all of that. So right. you know, we'll see. Right. Okay, on to Tuesday. Last Tuesday, January 9th, uh, <laughs> I just have to laugh because Trump asked the judges to rule him immune from prosecution. Okay, now, the, the, his lawyers filed a motion on Monday to ask a Georgia judge to dismiss, dismiss felony election interference charges against him, arguing that he was immune from prosecution because his efforts to overturn his election loss were part of his duties as president. That in itself is laughable. <laughs> okay. Also, it has been pointed out since then that to try and soften his stance and probably get it, he he's now saying that he knew the, the election was over. Although there is tape saying he he never wanted to say that the election was over, so he's contradicting himself. And so Trump goes on to say, from 1789 to 2000 to, to 2023. No president has ever faced criminal prosecution for acts committed while in office. Trump's attorney Steve Sato and Jennifer Little argue, well, <laughs> of course not, because no president ever has done what he has done. Now, the Trump attorney Steve Sato and Jennifer Little argue that, argue that you know, because there is no president, that he should be immune, mm-hmm. from, uh, um, immune from anything, immune Process, from everything. Right. Legal, the, but legal ex- experts told that the Atlanta General Constitution, the immunity art argument is unlikely to prevent Trump's prosecution, but could delay the case until after November's presidential election. That's what Trump is trying to do. He is trying to delay, 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 delay until after the election, hoping that hoping that he will win and then he can just uh, make all those go away. Except he can't do that for the state charges. He can do that for the federal charges. So Trump is asked on, on, on Tuesday, he was asking the appeals court in Washington, D.C., to consider his immunity claim in his federal election subversion case. A lower court already rejected that claim last December. Mm -hmm. And so what, not only is this laughable, okay, but it's it's gotten worse and worse as the week went on because his, it's so funny because his lawyers were arguing his case before a a three-judge panel. Mm -hmm. The judges were all women. Two of them were 
Democrats, but one was a Republican. She's been on the bench for 30 years. I think it was H.W. Bush. H.W. H.W. Bush who appointed her. Because, you know, he doesn't like women, period. And one of the women, her name is Judge Penn. She is the daughter of an immigrant. And you know what he said about immigrants? She's Asian in the correct. Yeah, she's yeah, she's Asian. I think she's, I can't, I, I can't remember what country she's from. I think it's I think it's China. Yeah, because it's an Asian woman, a black woman, and a white woman, uh, right? Exactly. <laughs> and not only did he hate women, period, but then an Asian woman who is the daughter of an immigrant and a black woman, he can't stand that. And the, Judge Penn was particularly <laughs> vicious. Vicious is not the real word, but she was she was really on it because she asked she asked the his lawyer, "Are you telling me? Are you telling me that if he murdered somebody, he should be immune?" <laughs> And um, he can't be prosecuted because their lawyers are trying to say because he was accused in the House, in the House twice, but the Senate let him let him go twice, that that's enough. OK, that's, so now je- double jeopardy applies. No, double jeopardy does not apply because uh, the impeachment and the trial in the Senate with the Congress had nothing to do with criminal trials outside of outside of it. So those, those are two separate things. And she finally got, Judge Pan finally got Trump's lawyer to admit that not really, he really shouldn't be immune from prosecution if he runs out there and kills somebody. And it came out, it's coming out to that Trump thinks, he actually said that, that he can send SEAL Team 6 as, as commander in chief, he can send SEAL Team 6 to murder his political opponents. And that, you know, that's, it's crazy. It's crazy and it's scary because he really believes that. And that, that, that's the thing that's really unnerving. And I think, you know, Joy Reid pointed it out that because so much craziness is coming out and he, and Trump, everything that Trump does has been crazy and outlandish and scary for so long that the biggest worry a lot of, a lot of us have is that will, are people paying attention right. and are they, and people just want to tune it out mm-hmm. because the fact it's one it was bad enough and almost comical when he said I could basically just mow down the street and nobody and I could get arrested. Right, you know, he's like, out like, standing like, on, on Fifth Avenue and, and, and shoot somebody. That's right, I could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and and that was bad enough. But now he's thinking he can get Seal Team Six, and the fact that he's saying that any other time before we before Trump got was in the office, mm-hmm. this happened before if any other president had said this, right. if H. W. Bush had said this, thing like that, it would have been such a fire far alarm fire. Right. But now as people are just shaking their heads and saying, Oh, that Trump and people understand that's the biggest threat posed by someone like him and also opening the door on the possibility that he could be reelected is if people do not pay attention. Right. Because when he says things like this, um, he means them. He and means he them. means mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, that, and that, was, that was just on Tuesday. And since then, it is, the story has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. because no, no president has ever been charged. Oh, oh, first he tried to say that overseeing the election is part of his presidential duties. No, it's not. That's what Congress is for. Okay. And the president doesn't do that. The Congress does that. And the whole point of the insurrection was that he didn't want Congress to certify the election. That's why he called all those people to Washington. So everything that he's saying is absolutely wrong. And I'm glad to see that, number one, the judges are seeing this. And number two, Joe Biden and his team are hitting this immediately after he says this stuff. So that's very encouraging. Right, right. 
Okay, next up, sorry for Wednesday, January 10th, the United States and UK, United Kingdom, UK intercept the biggest Houthi barrage yet in the Red Sea. In the Red sea. Is it pronounced Houthi? I think Houthi. But United States and British warships on Tuesday shot down the biggest barrage of drones and missiles fired at commercial ships in the Red Sea from Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen. The Iranian-backed Houthi militia has targeted vessels in the Red Sea to disrupt global trade and a show of support for Hamas in its war against Israel. The United States and Britain have said U.S. fighter jets from the aircraft carrier Dwight D. Eisenhower and four other warships blocked the complex attack, which included 18 drones, two anti-ship cruise missiles, and an anti-ship ballistic missile. Houthi attacks have forced major shipping companies to reroute vessels, causing delays and added costs for oil and other goods. And as we said before, this obviously stems, you know, as a complication from from response to the Hamas-Israeli war. And I think we're going to going to see more things like this until the situation gets resolved. I think there are others, and that's the thing. But what's going on is this is why President Biden is working so hard to make sure President Biden also our allies working hard to make sure that this conflict does not spread. And it's very <laughs> important to say that it was the British and the UK who were leading it, but there were twenty countries in an alliance right. that was also working on this. And that's very important because uh, Trump wants to not have any allies in any alliance. Right, exactly. And imagine if this was happening if Trump was president, right. and and I think that would. For them to, for, for one, the, like Pam said, the alliance is extremely important. But the, the, the radical, right, the radical Arab groups, they're chopping, you know, those that are allied, align themselves with Hamas. Right. And so you are chopping at the bit. And so they're, so it's, it's so important to make sure that they get shut down. But also what the Biden administration has done and the, and the allies that they, it's not like they suddenly just jumped up and shot, they shot them down. Right. They've been sending warning after warning after right. warning, basically saying, don't, you know, don't make this mistake. And even when they did the attack, it was very, you, know, you hear a lot about targeted attacks and it's not really so targeted. The, um, these were very, very targeted. They hit what they needed to hit. And it's also mm. very important because uh, because what these attacks are doing is is closing up the shipping lanes right. in the Red Sea, which is one of the largest, largest in the world. Right. And so that's holding up. So now the companies have to go around the around Africa back up right. rather than going through the Red Sea. And so that's adding right. Exactly, it's affecting the whole world. So it's affecting like, the whole world. Right. So it's so, so that that conflict exactly is, is called which people are trying to point out. It's very difficult to have a conflict of that size anywhere that does not affect everyone because the, we're more and more interconnected. So, you, so these these things matter. And also it's important to mention, we, we talked about the allies that have come together mm-hmm. for this, but also just to emphasize most modern Arab countries, they want this situation resolved as much as we do. Right, right. They're not in favor of, of the Houthi rebels or anybody else because you, you look at the, the, the United Arab Emirates, etc. And and there are, there are definitely issues, problems with some of them. But one thing that they're doing there and they're Push to modernize and to be part. Of, they they want very much to be on the in part of the discussion, right? And and so this this basically gives them a bad look. So they're they're not in favor of this either. And one thing that that, that I just want to point out also mm-hmm. is that uh, some people on the far left and on the far right said that Biden should have come to Congress first. Mm-hmm. This is not a declaration of war. Okay, this is a response to attacks on us. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they have been talking about the Houthis and all. They have been warned over and over again. And the people in Congress know that. Right. And like you said, it's not a declaration of war. And also, we all know what's going on in Congress. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, number one, he was in the right. He did not violate it. But the other thing is, 
they're crazy. Right, right. I mean, and this is too, this is affecting the entire world. There's not enough time for right, that. Right. And then the last thing point I would make about this is just that what, what is, we talk about the importance of finding a resolution. Again, Netanyahu is involved. And Net, and when you have Netanyahu at the helm, basically trying to save himself by aligning himself with the most far right members of his coalition, of his group and Israelis, and then Hamas is the is the farthest right with the Palestinians. So you have the, the two worst elements that are leading the who are leading the charge. And with Netanyahu saying things and doing the things he's doing and mm-hmm. refusing to even discuss right. a two state solution, that's that's causing a real real problem. Right. A real and because it's probably causing a problem because the United States and most of the people, even though the United States has not technically called for a ceasefire, their thing has been. I remember President Obama. Mm-hmm talking about a, a two-state solution. Mm-hmm. And Netanyahu does not want right. that. And so he's so he's against the United States. BB already said he doesn't care what Biden says. He's going to mm-hmm. do what he wants. But he's also going to, he's aligning with the farthest mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. of his own government in Israel, which pits him against the rest of the Israelis. And there's a, I saw a cartoon with, with, with a, a family, with a cartoon of families, mm-hmm. with a sign that we are not Netanyahu. Right. Okay. And then on the other side was a Gazan family. We are not Hamas. That's right. Okay. And, and that's exactly it. And that's exactly that's exactly right. So now a word from our sponsor. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens Three One Three Global Creative Community Branding and Marketing Academy. We offer branding and marketing services to independent authors and creative professionals like us, including valuable eBooks, online training, and small group coaching. You can find out more with the link and QR code in the show notes. Keith and I have also published several fiction, science, sci-fi, fantasy, and nonfiction books. Everything you want to know and love is on our website, <laughs> teamowens313.com. And as a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website, team, through the website, the Substack website, or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotter. Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And now back to the podcast. For Thursday, January 11, 2024, <laughs> this was hilarious. It was sadly hilarious. The House committees recommend holding Hunter Biden in contempt because he did not agree to testify under in, behind closed doors. He was there. He said, I'll testify in public. And so they want to hold him in contempt. Mm-hmm. And I took, and, and, and if you get a chance, and I think we have some of the on, on our website, if you get a chance, you need to watch those committee hearings and see how stupid the Republicans looked and how the Democrats on both of those committees gave it to the Republicans. <laughs> now, two committees in the Republican-led House on Wednesday approved a report recommending holding Hunter Biden in contempt for failing to comply with a subpoena for a closed-door testimony. Hunter Biden, who was President Joe Biden's only remaining son, made a brief appearance as the committees began to consider the contempt resolution, angering the Republicans. (laughs) Nancy Mace, Republican of South Carolina, said, You are the epitome of white privilege accusing Biden of ignoring the subpoena and then showing up and spitting in our face. Biden and his lawyers left after 10 minutes, and it was so funny because they left as Marjorie Taylor Greene was getting ready to speak and hold up another naked picture of Biden. And so when Biden and his lawyers just kind of started walking, all the cameras ran after him, and nobody, none of the cameras running. So she was, she was not happy. But last month, he when he was called to appear, he held a news conference outside the Capitol, offering to testify 
in public. And then again, I think it was yesterday, Friday, uh, Hunter Biden again, his name is Robert Hunter Biden, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, again, and through his lawyer said, you issue a proper subpoena for me to testify in public and I will show up. So the Republicans allege, of course, without proof, that the president president benefited from his son's foreign business demons. They are trying to do anything, not, not mentioning that the time that they're talking about, it was a time when Joe Biden was neither president nor vice president. Hunter Biden never worked in the government. And everything that they're saying, the one person that last summer that they thought was going to spill all the beans, no, they had they had they had two witnesses who they thought that that was they were going gotcha. One of them went missing, and the other one he testified and said the complete opposite of what they were looking for. No, when when Joe when Hunter would call his dad, they were saying, "How you doing? Mm-hmm. Is everything okay?" They never talked about business. They talked about father son stuff. They never talked about business. They never talked about government anything like that. And it's provable because the calls were recorded because he was talking to the president. So. It, they're after him just because he's the president's son, and they're hoping that this will hurt Joe Biden. And the only thing that they have been able to find is that Joe Biden loves his son. And maybe for Republicans, that's a crime. <laughs> but for most people, it's not a crime. And they 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 made a big deal about a check that, that Hunter Biden wrote to Joe Biden for several thousand dollars. Come to find out, when Hunter didn't have any money, his father loaned him some money to pay his car note or something like that. And so then when, when Hunter had some money, he paid his dad back. Okay, how many of us have not borrowed money from our parents when we were in financial need? That's all that it was. And what they're trying to make it out like this was some kind of nefarious thing. And But the thing about the committee hearings that was so sad and funny at the same time, the Democrats were on it. Makovich is... He's, he's, he's a Democrat from Florida. Anyway, he put in the record one at a time all of the Republicans who had been subpoenaed and ignored their subpoenas. Oh, right. And he did a, he named them one at a time. And it was like 12 of them. And so that was in the record. And then my girl, Jasmine Crockett from Texas, <laughs> she said the reason why he doesn't want to go into a closed door testimony is because of y'all. She's from Texas. Y'all, <laughs> y'all lie. That's what, and she told them that to her, to their faces. And so if you have a chance, you need to look on YouTube too and, and look at those things. And the Republicans, what could they say? And, 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 and Jasmine Crockett, uh, a black woman from, black congresswoman from Texas, also talked Nancy, Nancy Mace, who are you to talk about white privilege? She got on her, got on her. So it was, it was very, it, it was sad because Congress is not supposed to act like that. But it was funny because the Democrats, Owned, owned the yeah. Republicans on both committees. There were two different committee hearings on the same day. Right, and it's, I mean, it's not in one way yet. Congress definitely should not act like that in history. But of course, you look back in history, mm-hmm. the, the, the fights like that have been going on right. historically for a long time. That's nothing new. But I think that the what's really unfortunate, though, even though it, it's great when we see the Democrats like Jasmine Crockett, etc., mm-hmm. really on the fact that Democrats are owning it. But right now, what's happening is still. They are running out the clock. Oh yeah. oh yeah, they are running out the clock, and they're and what's also unfortunate, and I'll be writing about that this weekend, is that when they is that when they this whole thing with Hunter Biden, mm-hmm. and when they throw these false flags, 
the media is following like a dog with a bone. Exactly. And so and so when they drag out the clock, we, even though we own it, it doesn't matter. Right. Because if they report it, like the number one, the fact they're even reporting it to begin right. with, but if they give you're giving it all these sexy headlines and dumb pouring and then trying to be one side versus the other on stuff that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So the Republicans have learned because Trump has taught them well. Right. Oh, it doesn't matter. If it's right, wrong, it, it doesn't even matter. True, false. It doesn't even matter if the Democrats win the argument of the day because it's still sanding the gears. Right. And the point is not to sit here and say we're going to win there. It's just throwing crap against the wall. Right. Because the more you do that, the more because it, if now if the media didn't follow it, right, it wouldn't be a problem. But right. it, as as long as they're willing to do that, mm-hmm. it's serving the other side. Exactly. And yeah. and find the last one for Friday, January twelfth. Trump predictably slams a ju- judge in New York, the attorney general in this fraud trial. And former President Donald Trump bashed New York Judge Arthur Engeron during closing arguments in his $370 million civil fraud trial on Thursday. Excuse me, which is another state trial that he cannot do. His right, right. Mm-hmm. Despite being told by the judge not to speak unless he agreed to refrain from criticizing the court or making a campaign speech. Trump claimed he was an innocent man being persecuted by New York Attorney General Letitia James. Black woman, by the way. Right, for political reasons. He also said Ingeron had his own agenda before the judge told Trump's lawyer to control your client and call a lunch break. James accuses Trump of fraudulently inflating his property's values to get preferential treatment from banks. Kevin Wallace, a lawyer for James' office, said Trump and his co-defendants acted knowingly and intentionally. And it's important to note also that that Judge Ingeron initially was not going to allow Trump to say anything, and and Trump has no has no right. It's never that you, that, that exception is not made. Right. Oh, and so Trump. So, but Ingeron was. But he had told him if you can, he, he had all kind of guardrails. You cannot make a campaign speech. You cannot impugn me. You mm-hmm. cannot impugn my assistant. You cannot. Do, and Trump refused to accept any of those. Mm-hmm. So Ingeron said, if you can't accept the guardrails, you don't get to say anything. For the la- at the last minute. Still, from what we don't really quite know the reason why, Ingeron decided to let him let him rant, and and predictably he went off the rails, did everything Ingeron told him not to do, as you knew he would do. My thing is, is that although it, it shows him for who he is, but the point is that he should not be allowed to get any more breaks, show any tr- no or no to treatment that anybody else gets. And when Judge Ingeron, and also it needs to be said, very importantly, I believe it was the day before he had got a bomb threat. No, it was the same day. It was the same day. Same day. It was called SWAT. SWAT, right. And he he got a bomb threat at his house. And so... but Judge Ingeron is a human being. Right. And anybody else, he's got family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's going to unnerve us. So that's another discussion. Again, that's what we've had before about the effect of violence and intimidation. Mm-hmm. But but the point still remains that when Trump gets these breaks, mm-hmm. when he's allowed to, to go speak, and one of my one of my favorite Substack columnists, Joyce Vance, just read a few so, things. It, What's her former she, she, She's a former attorney, uh, um, worked in the uh, attorney general's office in Alabama. And she's a professor at the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. So she's an attorney with a lot, I mean, I'm talking about decades. She's of experience, right. And, and that's why they use her as a commentator oftentimes on MSNBC and Joyce Vance. And one and when she com- she commented on this, 
And she talked, she said basically the same thing. They shouldn't be allowed to get, she said other parties don't get this sort of special treatment in court. Trump shouldn't have received it either. Predictably, it did no good. It did not prevent Trump from continuing to complain that he was treated being treated unfairly. He went straight out of the courtroom only to tell the press that the case was a fraud on me, whatever that means. Judge Engeron may have concluded that with no jury in the box to be prejudiced by Trump's ravings, it was easier to just let him have his way for the moment. But with Trump, no good deed goes unpunished. Right. It's time for the courts to stop giving Trump special treatment, to stop walking delicately and gingerly lest he claim foul play when he is merely subjected to procedures anyone else in his position would be held accountable to. The courts charged with delivering justice need to stop being afraid of Trump. And I think that's that's very, very important. Mm -hmm. So we're going to come back to this either on the podcast or in our Substack during the week. But for right now, that's all for this week. And a reminder that when you upgrade your Substack subscription to a paid level, you really help to support us on a financial level because we write and publish seven days a week, every week. You will also benefit us by visiting our website, teamowens313.com, to see what we can offer you with our valuable products and services in the Branding and Marketing Academy. Check the show notes for links and QR codes. Thanks, and we'll be back next week. Yep. See you next week.